Good morning, Trinity. Thank you for a little bit of Bach there, Sheila. Beautifully done. Um, welcome to Trinity on Reformation Sunday. I'm glad you're here. And um, we're going to start with a little song uh, out of the eighth chapter of John. It says, if you abide in my word, the word will make you free. The truth will make you free. And so we have a song for you to sing, The Truth Will Set Us Free. Uh, you're welcome to sing that with us whenever it happens up there. So, uh, the truth will set us free. Reformation Sunday. truth will set us free, I know. God's love will never let us go. We're called to bring release, I know. The truth will set us free. And we're living in faith, love, grace of God. Everybody's got a shining face of God. This I know. By faith we are spirit-led. The hungry can all be fed, and we can build God's world of harmony. The truth will set us free, I know. God's love will never let us go. We're called to bring release, I know. The truth will set us free, and we're living in faith, love, grace of God. Everybody's got a shining face. In faith we can all confess that truth and grace of God brings liberty. We trust not in our wisdom alone to bring release, but lean upon the grace of God to wash and set us free. The truth will set us free, I know. God's love will never let us go. We're called to bring release, I know. The truth will set us free again. The truth will set us free, I know. God's love will never let us go. We're called to bring release, I know. The truth will set us free. The truth will set us free. Good morning. I know um, some of you might be tempted to think, well, Pastor Tom wore his Halloween costume this morning. Uh, this chasuble was made for me by an aunt on the event of my ordination 46 years ago. And so it always holds a very special place in my life, in my ministry. The stole was a gift from my former parish when I was on sabbatical in Italy, and this was purchased for me. And so it's rare that I have the occasion to wear them, and so it's a joy for me to be able to have them on this morning as a part of worship. There's a piece, though, I would like to share with you, that kind of an education piece that might explain a little bit about the chasuble. Some of us remember worship, the sanctuary itself, when the altar would be far away or would be pushed up against a wall. And so the chasuble, in some measure, helped 
to maintain the mystery of the sacrament. As the priest or pastor would have his back to the congregation and would be consecrating the elements, and the acolyte, when it was time, would raise, he, as the elements were lifted, the acolyte would, would ring the bell. And everyone would gaze upon the mystery, the host, as they were lifted up. We have moved from that. Now it is a more of a sense of we gather around together the altar. But the chasuble still plays a role as a sacramental garment that is worn. So I'm grateful for this opportunity this morning. We welcome you, those who might be visiting, those who are out there participating in worship from wherever they are. We are grateful for your presence, that you're here with us. And this is, this is a significant day in the life of the church as we celebrate its growth in faith. So I invite you to stand as you're able, knowing that we gather here for worship in the name of God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our gathering hymn is, A Mighty Fortress is Our God. Kyrie is a prayer that we sing back and forth to each other. 
hymn of praise, the church's one foundation. with me in a word of prayer. Almighty God, you have taught us in your Son that love fulfills the law. Inspire us to love you with all our heart, our soul, our mind, and our strength, and teach us how to love our neighbor as ourselves. Inspire us to choose love over fear. We give you thanks for the courage of reformers and pray that their spirit would live in the lives of the faithful, that your reformation would continue in the hearts of all people. We ask this and pray this through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. And the people of God say, Amen. Amen. Please be seated for the hearing of God's word. 
As an introduction to the word this morning, we're going to sing a little call to the word as our reader heads forward. And uh, it's a call and response. It's Tanzanian. I will sing the, the leader parts and you sing the all parts. And that first little leader part that says, listen, it could last longer than it looks. So just be prepared. Listen, listen, God is calling to the word inviting, offering forgiveness, comfort and joy. Listen, listen, God is calling to the word inviting, offering forgiveness, comfort and joy. Jesus gave his mandate, That he came to save us and set us free. Listen, listen, God is calling through the word inviting, offering forgiveness, comfort, and joy. Listen, listen, God is Now we know that whatever the law says, it speaks to those who are under the law, so that every mouth may be silenced and the whole world may be held accountable to God. For no human being will be justified in his sight by deeds prescribed by the law, for through the law comes the knowledge of sin. But now, apart from the law, the righteousness of God has been disclosed and is attested by the law and the prophets, the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe. For there is no distinction since all have sinned and all fall short of the glory of God. They are now justified by grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus whom God put forward as a sacrifice of atonement by his blood, effective through faith. He did this to show his righteousness, because in his divine forbearance, he had passed over the sins previously committed. It was to prove at the present time that he himself is righteous and that he justifies the one who has faith in Jesus. Then what becomes of boasting? It is excluded. By what law? By that of works? No, but by the law of faith. For we hold that a person is justified by faith apart from works prescribed by the law. The word of the Lord. So continuing on in that theme, those words, uh, um, these words uh, are many of Luther's words in this song, by faith alone, by grace alone. It's called the Reformation Song, and there will be a refrain on the wall for you to join us when that comes along. And um, it has lots of energy, so join in appropriately. 
Your word alone is solid ground, the mighty rock on which we build. In every line, the truth is found, and every page with glory filled. Through faith alone, we come to you. We have no merit we can claim. Sure that your promises are true. We place our hope in Jesus' name. Glory, glory, glory to God alone. Glory, glory, glory to God alone. In Christ alone. His righteousness is all our plea. Your law's demands are satisfied. His perfect work has set us free. Glory, the opposite of a great truth. Now, according to Zen philosophy, often the opposite of a great truth is another great truth. Now, we're not generally taught to think that way. Our Western minds do not organize life that way. Our Western minds organize life like right, wrong, good, bad, material, spiritual. That's how we think about life. 
we don't think about in those terms. Now, this is not to say that there is truth and there are alternative truths, but it does accept that rather than the dichotomy, if I am right, that means you are wrong, which, by the way, is a pretty predictable theme in most marriage counseling sessions, which should resonate with a few anyways. But rather than this right versus wrong dichotomy is the understanding that an open mind may find a greater revelation if it is at least open to the search. As you hear the gospel reading for this Reformation Sunday from John, the 8th chapter, listen carefully to what Jesus says about freedom. From the 8th chapter. Then Jesus said to the disciples who had believed in him, If you continue in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. They answered him, We are descendants of Abraham and have never been slaves to anyone. What do you mean by saying you will be made free? Jesus answered them, Very truly, I tell you, everyone who commits sin is a slave to sin. The slave does not have a permanent place in the household. The son has a place there forever. So if the Son makes you free, you will be free indeed. The Gospel of the Lord. Thanks Thanks be to God. God is good all the time. Jesus had many disciples, far more than the 12 apostles. And according to the Abrahamic tradition, according to the mythology that the faithful Jew lived with, that we have never been slaves to anyone, Jesus has spoken an untruth. This cannot be correct. He must be wrong. As they said, protested, we are descendants of Abraham and never been slaves to anyone. Not to mention the fact that there was 400 years in Egypt, mostly as slaves, and there was the Babylonian captivity. But nonetheless, at least according to the story that they like to tell about themselves, they had never been slaves to anyone. So Jesus offers these words, though, of instruction. These are words that they are to take to heart because it is following his crucifixion. These will be the words that will give them hope and inspire them for the living of their lives. And the key to the scripture that was just read is hold. When you hold to my teaching in the same way you physically would hold on as a child would to a loving parent, as if your life depended on it, hold on. Let me be clear. The truth will set you free is not an affirmation of personal freedom, is not about independence, it is not about autonomy, and it is certainly not a political statement propagated by any political party. Consider faith, faith that sets you free as the consequence of an ongoing relationship. It's a verb. So here now, consider the story of Jack Lucas, a shock talk radio personality in New York City. Now, for anyone here 
who has maybe known me for less than 10 minutes, you might be somewhat surprised to learn that if I get into trouble, it is usually my mouth that has taken me there. That's most inclined to get me into trouble. In the, in the epistle of James, when he wrote about our need to bridle the tongue, he had my photo on the desk. <laughs> Guilty. In the movie Fisher King, Jeff Bridges plays the role of an uber Howard Stern sort of shock talk radio personality who out of his narcissistic, self-indulgent personality routinely makes offensive, vulgar, provocative comments because it sells and because he can. And what's more, it's part and do because of his seemingly incapable personality, incapable of empathy. He was a man utterly convinced nothing could impede his freedom. It all changes the night. The night his unrestrained words catch up with him, and here we see the fall of Jack Lucas. They're evil. They're repulsed by imperfection, horrified by the banal, everything that America stands for, everything that you and I fight for, Edwin. They must be stopped before it's too late. It's us or them. It was Mr. Lucas's offhand remark that seemed to have fatal impact on Mr. Melnick. Mark Saffron is on the scene. An after-work hotspot, Babbitt's is popular with single young professionals. Edwin Malnick arrived at the peak hour of 7.15, took one long look at the handsome collection of the city's best and brightest, then removed a shotgun from his overcoat and opened fire. Seven people were killed before Mr. Malnick turned the gun on himself and shot a hole through his head. Representatives of radio cult personality Jack Lucas expressed regret. However, no formal comment has been made. Neighbors of Malnick said he was a quiet man who lived alone. He scarcely knew he was there, said a woman who lived next door to Malnick for 11 years. But today, few will soon forget this lonely man who reached out to a world he knew only through the radio, looking for friendship and finding only pain and tragedy. Mark Saffron, Channel 7 News. In 1992, Robin Williams won a Golden Globe for his role as a, as a tragic victim of Jack's rant. His wife was killed before his very eyes, if you've watched the movie. Now, interestingly enough, the theme as it's introduced is pretty gross and it's difficult to think about. He actually won a role for his comedic role as, uh, as the character in this movie. Nonetheless, Perry, the Robin Williams character, his wife was killed before his eyes. And as a result, he experiences a psychotic split. He becomes a paranoid schizophrenic a crazy street person who becomes part of, well, very unique street people. It's actually a remarkable story of tragedy and redemption that lives out as a comedy. Now, Jack Lucas loses everything as well as he slips into his alcoholic stupor to escape himself. He names his condition, a condition we, we have all at some time experienced, as he has this very poignant drunken conversation with Pinocchio, Pinocchio, as he prepares to end his life. I know it doesn't sound much like a comedy, but here's his conversation with Pinocchio. 
Herein is our Reformation theme. Do you ever feel sometime like you're being punished for your sins? Perry, again, the Robin Williams character, rides in at this moment as the crazed, psychotic street person to rescue Jack. Now, over time, Jack learns that Perry is who he is because of what he said on that fateful night. And now all he wants to do is make amends. He wants to rescue Perry. And their two lives become wonderfully intertwined as Jack tries all sorts of things to make amends and each believes the other, each believes the other is somehow the key to their freedom. Jack in his brokenness sums our human condition in one simple, profound, eight-second confession. And here it is. There was some way I could just pay the fine and go home. Don't we all, Jack? Don't we all? Don't we all long for that transactional moment where we can just pay the fine and go home, please? I know in my own life at different times, I've wondered if that wasn't, if it wasn't just possible. The Reformation is a story of how the church in one of its darker periods preyed on the primal need we all have to find a way to go home, to find ourselves reconciled to God. This is where our patron saint, Martin Luther, enters the story. Now, the selling of indulgences, by the way, the church has long since recanted its position and made amends. But nonetheless, the selling of indulgences was was the Church of Rome's financial plan to pay for St. Peter, St. Peter's Cathedral, as well as to fund an army to keep the Mohammedan horde at the eastern boundaries of Europe. It was utterly transactional. For a price, an indulgence, a soul could be set free from purgatory, sins could be paid for, and the fine was paid, and the buyer had secured passage home. Why can't I just pay the fine and go home? Herein lies the longing of all our hearts. The pain of fines is the making of amends. It offers at least the pretense of freedom. In 12-step recovery, the fourth step is, fourth step is making a fearless moral self-inventory. The fifth step is, commend, is, is confessing that to one, sharing that with another. The eighth and ninth steps are about making amends whenever it would not cause harm to a person. Freedom from our sin, freedom from the guilt of our sin. It is our universal longing. At the risk of oversimplification, 504 years ago this day, Martin Luther nailed the 95 theses on the church door of Wittenberg. If Christ had already reconciled us to God, as Luther wrote, if Jesus had already paid the fines, what's the church doing charging for it? Despite the gospel of good news, we all too often still feel that sense of bondage. We still, we all still long look for that transactional answer. Now, as portrayed in the story of this movie, the fact that we continue still at times to long for that simple transaction, pay the fine and go home, is a clue that we're still struggling to understand Jesus' words to his disciples. If you hold, 
hold to my teaching, you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Our universal longing, it is the freedom quest we all participate in as children of God. The freedom Jesus spoke of comes by way of continuing to live in that relationship with Jesus. To begin to continue to hold on to him, to the one who has already reconciled us to God, the one who has already made us by his loving act a child of God. And to live in relationship is not just to be able to confess words like according to a creed that we've memorized, but it is to live in a relationship with Jesus. Now, when it comes to Jesus, it is always easier to say what freedom is not. As I alluded to earlier, it is not independence. It is not autonomy. It is not a political statement. It is not freedom to do what we want. It is to be bound in a relationship with God as a child of God marked by the liberation, our liberation from sin and death. As such, these verses challenge us to examine the current state of our own relationships. As Jesus has liberated us, the question is, are our relationships liberating and life-affirming to others? Or, what relationships do we maintain that sustain bondage and destruction for others? To hold to Jesus is about transforming relationships in our life that move from destruction to life-giving. Jesus had power to set us free, and in doing so, he made us children. We are a child of God. As members of the body of Christ, we have the power and authority to set others free. It's a dangerous world we live in. We know that. And we, we know that proclaiming something as truth doesn't make it true. We live in a world, a culture right now that is just struggling with that. I wear a hat sometimes that says, make lying wrong again. Man, does that set people off. <laughs> like I'm trying to be provocative. I say, well, what, what's the problem you have with making lying wrong again? And there's stuttering that happens. I do it for Jesus, okay? Jack Lucas' wealth and power gave him the illusion of being free, but he was a prisoner, he was a slave. Conversely, St. Paul found absolute freedom by indenturing himself as a slave for Christ. Isn't that interesting, that paradox? So welcome to Reformation Sunday. Here's our charge for Reformation Sunday 2021. Keep it a verb. In your family, in your religion, in your politics, in your life as a steward of creation, in your social relationships, in your life, hold on to Jesus like a loving slave and know the freedom of being God's beloved as you continue to share 
in the story of salvation. Now, if we do that, God will take care of everything else. God is good all the time. Amen. Please stand as we sing our hymn of the day, The Church of Christ in Every Age. standing for the prayers of the church which are spoken. Sherry? Set free by the truth of God's gracious love, we pray for the church, the world, and all of God's creation. We pray for all who long for a word of truth and for the radical grace that flows from the cross and your word. We give thanks for Martin Luther and the reformers in every age who seek to do your will, inspire congregations to boldly and freely proclaim your love and welcome for all people. Hear us, O God. We pray for all issues to be decided and all persons who will be elected to public office this coming Tuesday. May our decisions be wise and compassionate, and may all those who elected seek wisdom in their governing, seeking always the common good of all your people. Hear us, O God. You bring healing, O God. We pray for all who need healing. We lift up 
all those in our gathered community, those who are absent from us and those on the online community beyond these walls. Be with all those whose hearts ache and who long for health and forgiveness. Hear us, O God. Your mercy is great. Gracious and loving God, we thank you for those who will confirm their faith this day, Sage Northup, Alyssa Statz, and Thea Williams. Please give them and all of your people intellect to understand you, reason to discern you, diligence to seek you, wisdom to find you, a spirit to know you, and a tongue to proclaim you. Guide them in your ways. Hear us, O God. Only you know the depths of our hearts, O God. Call this congregation to loving action in your name, in Palestine, in Sudan, and in our own community, and open our eyes to what you are doing among us. Hear us, O God. Your mercy is great. We pray for your creation, O God, and for all who gather in Glasgow, Scotland, for the United Nations Climate Conference that they may see beyond narrow interests and be guided to bold solutions to heal this planet and provide a nurturing environment which future generations may thrive. Hear us, O oh God. Your Into your hands, faithful God, we pray ourselves and our prayers, spoken and unspoken, trusting in your mercy through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Peace of the Lord be with you always. And also with you. Please share God's peace with one another. for one another and those really meaningful, honest expressions of affection that you feel. We have some announcements, some business to share. Deacon Amy, please. All right, thank you. Uh, let's see, let's start with Halloween. Uh, today, Reformation Sunday falls on Halloween. That doesn't happen very often, so how fun that we can be here to uh, celebrate together. And we have some pictures to show of our preschoolers celebrating Halloween this week. They all got to dress up and go trick-or-treating. It was really fun. We've taken great advantage of our outdoor space, so we had parents spread out all down the trails, out in the meadow, and kids got to go trick-or-treat from parent to parent. 
Now this picture is from a few years ago. This picture includes Alyssa and Sage and Thea, who you heard about in our prayers. They will be confirmed at the 10 o'clock or 10.30 worship service this morning. So you can see, I think Alyssa is the ghost and Sage is Tigger and Thea is the little princess or fairy princess, I think, in the back row. <laughs> so, oh. Right? <laughs> pretty sweet. So pretty wonderful that we get to celebrate with these three uh, wonderful young people at our second worship service today. As you can see, they've been together since preschool, and it's pretty, pretty amazing that we get to take this journey together with them still. And then our next photo is a thank you for your contributions to our Fill the Van food drive last week. We collected around 800 pounds of food just in one morning, 800 pounds of food. Um, the youth helped me gather it up, put it into boxes, and we took it to Good Cheer and Gifts from the Heart Food Banks. So thank you, thank you for helping to feed our hungry neighbors. It's just a wonderful, wonderful thing that we do here. Um, another service opportunity that we have, you can speak with Christy Etzel in the gym this morning about our collection of Christmas gifts for the Western State Hospital residents. She has lots of information and gift suggestions in there. And we turn to our altar flowers this morning, beautiful arrangements given to the glory of God by Joanne and Gary Guernsey. Thank you, Joanne and Gary, uh, given in Thanksgiving for their many blessings. Adult education this morning will happen between worship services at 9:10 down in the fireside room. Uh, Linda Neverman is beginning a two-week series with a DVD called Landfill Harmonic. Really is a, a story of hope in uh, the midst of despair. So really an, an uplifting tale and a great conversation starter, I'm sure. So that will be going on this week and next week down in adult education. Youth group will meet this Wednesday at 4 o'clock. We'll meet here in person, and then next Wednesday we'll be back to meeting on Zoom. And then next Saturday night, don't forget to turn your clocks back so you make it here in time for worship on Sunday morning. Right? Do we have any other announcements for the good of the order? Okay. It's, it's always fun to see an hour before, an hour after worship, on, depending on what season it is, who missed the clock turn. Exactly. Uh, one little piece of information for you. One of the things that we have given up as a part of the pandemic is offering. And that opportunity to receive gifts is really an important part of worship. So this morning, as a part of our Reformation service, as we stand and we sing an offertory, which we are not singing much these days, we will receive the elements as the offering that we will take as a part of the Lord's Supper. Please stand. mindful that it was in the night in which he was betrayed that our Lord Jesus took bread. 
he gave thanks and he broke it and he gave it to his disciples saying, take and eat. This is my body. It is given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. Then again, after the supper, he took the cup. And after giving thanks, he gave it for all to drink, saying, This cup is the new covenant. It is poured out in my blood for the forgiveness of your sin. Do this for the remembrance of me. For as often as we eat of this bread and we drink of this cup, we share in the mystery of Christ's real presence, who is here with us now, and who taught us when we pray to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, is Christ calls us all to come and to receive. If this is your first time and you've never received the meal, if the Spirit stirs your heart, you're invited to come and please receive the bread and the wine. Take it from the... the it's, we're all serving juice this, at, during this season and just place the empty glass in the basket that is next to you. Please be seated. There are communion hymns to sing and our ushers will direct you. Would you take those up, please? I come with joy, a child of God, forgiven, loved, and free. The life of Jesus to recall, in love laid down for me, in love laid down for me. I come with Christians far and near to find as all are fed the new community of love in Christ's communion bread, in Christ's communion bread. As Christ breaks bread and bids us share each proud division ends, the love that made us makes us one, and strangers now are friends, and strangers now are friends. The Spirit of the risen Christ, unseen but ever clear, is in such friendship better known, alive among us here, alive among us here. Together met, together bound by all that God has done. We'll go with joy to give the world the love that makes us one. The love that makes us one. 
this living bread, take and drink this wine. Come be nourished, healed, and fed, shaped into God's sign. Gathered round as family, many are made one, forming love's community, one we now become. Saint and sinner, welcome in to this meal of harmony. Lonely people next up kin journey toward the glory tree. Gathered strangers, scattered sheep, at this table all are fed. Blood and body bonds run deep as your kingdom feast is spread. Come and eat this living bread, take and drink this wine. Come be nourished, healed, and fed, shaped into God's sign. Gathered around as family, many are made one, forming love's community. One we now become. May we see the Christ revealed in the breaking of the bread. Living stories, holy meals. We become what we are fed. Broken, shattered, fragile life. Now received by you and me, eating, drinking, joy and strife, gospel living sets us free. Come and eat this living bread, take and drink this wine. Come be nourished, healed and fed, shaped into God's sign, gathered around as family, many are made one, forming love's community, one we now
I invite you please to stand. And now may the body of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and the gift of his most precious blood keep, strengthen, and preserve you in perfect joy into life everlasting. And the people of God say, Amen. Amen. As you leave this place, now fed and renewed, go with the knowledge that the Spirit of Christ goes with you and with the joy of knowing that you are his instrument of grace in a world that is so broken, but yet is so loved and so redeemed. May God bless you and keep you. May God's face shine on you and to be gracious to you. May God look upon you with favor and give you peace. Amen. Our sending hymn. Praise the one who breaks the darkness. a good day. Go in peace and love to serve the Lord. Thanks be to God.